can be Lady Macbeth when we get to that. Well, I know what we're doing later. You'll be surprised. I do blame your parents. Welcome to Up Yours Downstairs, the podcast that'll shoot you all like dogs. I'm Kelly Anakin. <laughs> and I'm Tom Schneider. We are properly married. It's good meat. End of discussion. That is cryptic. <laughs> it is a little bit, I'm yeah. not sure whose meat you're referring to. <laughs> but it's good. Or what sort. Uh, I said end of discussion. Oh, right. Yeah. I'm so sorry. My but- apologies. Welcome back, everybody. We are very pleased to be here with you recapping the 1925 Russian propaganda film, The Battleship Potemkin. That's right. Uh, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> we will. In a second. First, we have a letter from our cousin of the week. We have a letter from Cousin Roshin, who writes, Hi, guys. I don't know how, but I missed it when you're the wind that shakes the barley podcast was up. I'm Irish, and this film means a lot to me. My grandparents and their siblings fought or were involved in the Easter Rising, War of Independence, and were naturally affected by or again fought in the civil war most families at the time were affected particularly if you were poor as most of the country was i think it is very clear from the movie that the only way to avoid it was by emigrating i don't know what my grandparents did during the civil war the family didn't really talk about it afterwards maybe they were just relieved it was over i gathered from my parents it was just not talked about because it was so sensitive and potentially upsetting. So I assume there were differing sides. Suffice to say, it's a dark period for my country, and I think this film and your podcast capture that essence perfectly. There is intimacy in this film. This is not a tale about military leaders, about Collins versus De Valera. It's about neighbor versus neighbor. It's about shooting a young lad whose mother you know. It's about killing your brother. They were not just fighting in trenches and unknown enemies. You see it best at the end, in the barracks, when Damien is pleading with Dennis not to shoot Dan. They're all using their first names because they all know each other. They fought beside each other. And now they are against each other, willing to die for their beliefs. Kelly, I am with you on the crying. I saw this first at the cinema, and it was packed with generations of people. Lots of people who normally wouldn't go to the cinema. There was so much sobbing and crying throughout, but particularly when Nana's refusing to leave and Sinead talks about living where Mihail was killed. This story is a very real part of this country's recent past, and nobody went untouched. I like the dialogue. I found it very natural and less polished than a traditional movie. The pauses, the slight verbal missteps, particularly in the debating scene, made it seem very true to life and passionate. Thanks for doing this podcast. It's really clever and great, and I love it. P.S. Tom, the most well-known Irish swear words are Pogue Mahon, which means kiss my arse. But the most common and enduring phrase you can say to an Irish person is on will kaya dot gam on lehras. I'm butchering that. I'm so right, sorry, sure, Rashawn. Yeah. <laughs> it means can I go to the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> and it's one phrase that will never leave us because we have to use it in school. We learn Irish for 12 years in school, but mostly forget it when we leave. <laughs> but that one sticks. <laughs> PPS. I loved your album, Kelly. Uh, oh, actually, uh, I just before reading this looked up how you pronounced uh, Roshin. But she uh, writes a little note and says, it's pronounced Roshin, in case you didn't know, although your Sinead's and Siobhan's were very impressive. Oh, so well, all right. We try, you know, it's we part try. of our heritage. We do feel a certain responsibility. <laughs> so thank you so much for the very uh, personal take on The Wind That Shakes the Barley. Yeah. You know, I actually, as I was reading that letter, I was like getting all choked up again about <laughs> yeah. man. And uh, yeah. I'm like, man, I really want to watch that movie again. And I do. Right. But God... <laughs> it's so hard to watch. It is, it's, it's so good, but it's yeah. really rough. Uh, at any rate, if you would like to write us a letter, a note, any kind of uh, communication, you can tweet at us or send a carrier pigeon. 
That's at five, the number five, Maggie Smiths. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. Uh, just search up yours downstairs exclamation point, or you can send us a telegram. Our email address is up yours downstairs at gmail.com. That is the end of the <laughs> housekeeping notes. Yes, it is. And I'm doing a great job with them. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, the only other, the, you know, sort of local news for us is that we saw Hugh Bonneville. <gasps> oh my god, you guys. Watch what happens live on Bravo. Which we'd never watched before. No, this is the first time we ever watched it. And honestly, we were seriously impressed with Andy Cohen. We were. Like, because the guests. <laughs> right. The guests were Hugh Bonneville promoting Paddington. Yes. And Diane von Furstenberg purportedly plugging a book that she's written but mostly <laughs> right. like i just think, existing yeah i think her publicist kidnapped her <laughs> and brought her to this place it was absurd right but so hugh bonneville is on there and he's talking okay so he's promoting paddington which we thought was coming out on christmas right it's coming out in january yeah and we're like this must be a real turd <laughs> of an adaptation of a beloved right. holiday classic. We'll stick with Mr. Stink. We will. Thank you very much. That's right. Which I attempted to... We had a party last night. I attempted to explain Mr. Stink to somebody, and I'm not sure that my explanation sold them at all. There was a lot of drinking, <laughs> so I wouldn't worry about it one way or the other. That's fine, yes. We threw a fine party, incidentally. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're feeling very smug about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so tell him... What did he say? He was talking well, about... One thing I remember is that he was... Uh, Andy Cohen asked him who he liked the best among his castmates on Downton Abbey. And he identified, well, he was like, first of all, you know, Cora, I have the most scenes with her, Elizabeth McGovern. But then I suppose beyond that, that I like to have, get into trouble with or sort of something like that would be, uh, would be Branson and, and I forget who the other one was. I think it was either Carson or Thomas. Possibly. But the important thing is that in all three cases, he identified them as their character first. Yeah. And then remembered that they have other names. <laughs> And it was it was pretty funny to me. No, and he said, uh, we've heard this before, that apparently Maggie Smith is a demon at Bananagrams. Yes. And I would like to pit her against my middle youngest brother. Yeah. Because uh, he is also a demon at Bananagrams, and I would be very curious if he could go up against her. Right. Yeah. So let's... But I think he said, he said uh, Maggie Smith and Laura Carmichael, who plays Lady Edith, which I know, <laughs> because that's her real name. Right. I have less of a reason to know these people's real names (laughs) than Hugh Bonneville. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord. Anyway, it was great. If you can find it online. And just him interacting with Diane von Furstenberg (laughs) is hysterically funny. Yeah. And uh, they play some like they play really cute games. Yeah, that are all very well researched and like have roots in like whatever the project is. Right. I would, you know, five stars, Andy Cohen. Yeah, absolutely. I like the cut of your jib. Be on our podcast. So people can listen to what happens on a tape delay. <laughs> right. That sounds good. And I'd love to see that Bananagrams match. Who's like the Bananagrams, uh, the Don King of the Bananagrams world? We need to get them on this. Like, it's somebody who Will Shorts knows. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's like, a Will good Will Shorts point. would never sully himself with such an inferior product. Right. But. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. So, all right. I guess we've stalled long enough. Uh, right, the battleship Potemkin. Right, which you know. I, Look, I I was reading up about its historical significance. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most influential movies mm-hmm. of all time. Uh, it's been on dozens of you know best movie of all time lists. Right, simply because the uh, the sequence on the Odessa stairs mm-hmm. uh, that 
basically invented the montage. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's incredibly influential. What's his name? Serge? Sergey. Sergey. I was like, Serge. Sergio. <laughs> Sergio Hotman. A uh, little inside joke for anybody that likes Avatar or The Last Airbender. Right. Uh, but so it's, it's very well thought of as a film, but it was banned in uh, Germany and the UK. Yeah. For a very long time because of its, I guess, dangerous message? Well, yeah. They thought everybody would just rise up and overthrow their oppressors if they ever saw it. Right. And they're like, hey, we don't want to be overthrown. Yeah, but it was like 1954 uh, <laughs> right. in Britain before they actually lifted it. And then it was rated X yeah. until 1978. <laughs> until 1978, this movie with no boobs. <laughs> right. Was thought to or be or dialogue? In, no, yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it's a perfectly cromulent movie. Like <laughs> right. it's you know nothing really much happens. Yeah, but it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so if you've not watched it, you know it's fine. Right, and it's nice and short. It is real short, and yeah. we really appreciated that. <laughs> um, yeah. So very historically important movie. I mean, it is like propaganda to continue sure. propping up the Soviet <laughs> Union. Yeah. Uh, Trotsky actually did an intro to the film which was cut after he ran afoul of lenin yeah uh so we learned that and the we watched the film on netflix Mm -hmm. and it's there courtesy of some like german film archive which i thought was really bizarre yeah since it was banned in germany it may still be banned in germany according (laughs) to wikipedia i don't know it was only banned in half of germany oh right west germany right yeah east germany was like you know yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. That's, God, my yeah. accent work is all off tonight. I won't even be able to say luncheon properly. I got to bone up on my McG, man. Yeah, you do. It's a little intimidating when like the new season is coming because you, know, you got to you gotta dust off all the old uh, lingo. And, yeah, uh, but you know, we'll, we watch the episode and it gets it back in the mind. And, oh, yeah. I knew there was something I wanted to talk about housekeeping wise before we get into this recap yes. so we can stall a minute more <laughs> all right great um so we're doing this year cousins the 12 days of downton yeah. starting on december 24th uh we'll be posting fun little memes based on the show yep uh and we're trying to get over we are at nearly three thousand listeners uh we're doing this is a bit of a listener drive for us yeah you know look series five is going to be premiering in the u.s we can all admit the Downton train does not have the steam that it once did. This is true. Uh, and I know, you know, there are definitely people out there who only listen to this podcast when Downton Abbey is on. Right, definitely. Uh, but if you can, you know, definitely do your part. Share some of these memes. Encourage your friends to listen to our podcast. Even if they don't like Downton Abbey, you know? We've got Cumberbatch sometimes. We do. Uh, we, he shows uh, up. Uh, well, Selfridges. Everybody yeah, Selfridge is coming back. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, Battleship Potemkin. Like, right. really something for everyone. <laughs> That's right. You know, up here is downstairs. Whether really you're a is- capitalist or a communist. <laughs> We've got something for you. That's right. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, be on the lookout for that. We'll start posting those on the 24th, yep. and that will lead up, I believe, until the premiere of uh, Downton Abbey on January the 3rd. Okay, great. I believe that's the Sunday. Well. Yeah. So that's what's happening. I hope so. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Battleship Potemkin. Yes. Let's get into it. Listen, we can't pronounce any of these names either. Yeah. Because there's no sound. Right. And they have many syllables. And we're like, what? Yeah. And just, All right. We get, whatever. So it's the exciting year 1905. Uh, and we start with part one, people and worms. 
So already like, oh, this is intense. Yeah, yeah, but instead of that, we get like sweeping vistas of the ocean. Right. And I was like, I was expecting people and or worms. Right. Well, we're learning that, uh, you know, everybody's getting all revolutionary. The mass itself has become dissolved in the revolutionary Alan. So that's that seems exciting. Uh, and two soldiers, Matrushkin and Vakunichik. Uh, have, uh, I would have to be looking at it spelled out, right. and I'm not currently. Look, they, uh, he's Val Kilmer, and the other one's Michael Fassbender. <laughs> okay. So they've decided that they need to, like, help the people between the two of them. They're like, yeah, when let's do it. When will thou save the people, <laughs> oh, Lord of mercy, when the people, Lord, the people, not frozen crowns, but men. That was later communist propaganda, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steven Schwartz. <laughs> Et tu, comrade. <laughs> uh, so there's some off-duty sailors all sleeping in their hammocks. Their heritage, a sunless day. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's right. <laughs> Listen, four people just high-five the air right now. <laughs> I'm glad they did. Uh, some guy with a, even by the standards of this movie, impressive mustache. The mustache work here. <laughs> I'm amazed anyone even has mustaches after this movie. Like, if I were a dude and I was watching this movie, I'd be like, I can't do that. That guy went full walrus and he didn't even break a sweat. Yeah, it's true. Do you sweat when you grow a mustache? <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, mustache guy punches a sailor for, like, no reason. Like, he just, like, he hit his head and he was annoyed. It was According like, I guess I'll just Wikipedia punch a sailor. According to the Wikipedia plot summary, which I looked up since I kind of wasn't paying a ton of attention. Right. Well, I was look okay. I was looking up really important information about curing game yeah. that has been bothering me for weeks. And we'll right. get into that later when we talk about the meat. Sure. Uh, anyway, but so he stumbled and was just generally mad <laughs> that he tripped. <laughs> yeah. So he fucking hits this guy. And I thought that was Val Kilmer. Ah, uh, right. No, but it's it was just some guy. It's very hard to tell anybody apart, even though like they're all very clearly dressed in their like military sure. ranking stuff. But it's just like it's... When you can't hear people's voices, it's really shockingly hard to, like, differentiate between them. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Vakulinchuk, Val Kilmer. Thank you. I'm like, why did I make up these fake names <laughs> just for you to use the actual ones and pronounce them somewhat respectfully? <laughs> somewhat. Uh, <laughs> he gives a fiery speech. He's like, hey, they keep hitting us. That's annoying. <laughs> I assume was well, the content. Well, he also says all of, all of Russia has risen up, and do they want to be the last? And I'm right. like, if all of Russia has risen up, you yeah. wouldn't be on this ship right now. Right. Have they? Pretty sure there's still a czar yeah. and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, he's been dissolved in the revolutionary Elan, so yeah. that can be disorienting. That's fair. And this is set in 1905, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so next morning, everybody's milling about, and they're all looking at these sides of beef. And they're like, what's going on with this beef? And we're like, we don't know. It's a silent movie. Yeah. Tell us, please. It's very confusing. Um, so Smirnov, the ship's doctor, comes along. I'd like to... I would like to posit that he is perhaps less a doctor than a quotation mark doctor <laughs> right. quotation mark. Right. Because he comes up. They're all complaining that the meat is rotten. And, and that even dogs would not eat this meat. Right. Which, have yeah. you met a dog? Yeah. They will eat poop. Yeah, like definitely bring a dog in and test out that theory. <laughs> You'll be surprised. Um, they said this meat was too rotten for <laughs> dogs to eat. What happens next will amaze you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Potemkin worthy. <laughs> Potemkin sounds so cute. It does. It sounds like a little like you know, like the name of like a little hilarious like troll character. <laughs> it does. Like a cute troll. Oh yeah. Or like a hobbit or something. Sure. They're like, oh, you know, that's Potemkin, Pippin's brother. He's very revolutionary. <laughs> and mutinous. <laughs> So, yeah, the doctor comes along, looks at the meat, and takes his glasses off and, like, pokes them up against the meat. He can also collapse his glasses and make them, I guess, into a magnifying glass? Apparently, yeah. I think he's just doing that for show because, well, from what little I recall about lenses, <laughs> yeah, that is not how those kind of lenses work. You wouldn't think. But in any case, you know what? He's not actually interested in seeing anything better. No, because he's not. clearly... Maggots crawling over all this meat. Yeah. Like. Very creepy. Yeah. It is unambiguous on that front. And he says, no, no, no. These are all dead fly larvae. Larvae. Larvae? Larvae? I think it's larvae. I think so. Uh, and you can just rinse them off with can brine. Can we just change this to the pronunciation podcast? <laughs> and it's like, look, I know you think that telling somebody you can just rinse the dead flies off with brine is going to be like, oh, now I'm hungry. Like, okay. Well, you know, brine, Tom, <laughs> the most delicious and savory of liquids. Right. Well, no, and I, I was like, oh, no, it's just dead fly larva. There's a lot of modifiers in there I'm very confused about because I'm yeah. like, they're clearly alive. Right. They're wriggling around in there, man. They're getting their maggot on. Right. But he is a quote-unquote doctor. Yeah. You know, much like the doctors that work for the NFL. Yeah. He's <laughs> very similar in that regard. No, a concussion's not serious. Right. Uh, so Senior Officer Gilavarsky is uh, running around keeping order. Gilly! <laughs> That's right. Sadly, I don't think we're going to see him again. Gilly, too. <laughs> the Gillining. Gilovich. <laughs> uh, a guy is hitting meat with an axe for some reason. Okay. Wikipedia says... Okay, great. That's the cook. Okay. And the cook is making the meat into borscht. Right. The cook is making meat into borscht, even though the cook also has serious reservations about said meat. Okay. Also, his axe did not seem to be producing any effect right. on this meat. At if, all. If, in fact, it was that rotten, would you even need an axe? Who cooks with an axe? Uh, the Russians, apparently. All right. Fair enough. That was, look, Rasputin laid down the rule. He's like, <laughs> I only want us cooking with axes from now on. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> I really want to see you play Rasputin in a sketch. Because, like, I always think, you know, I always think of him being more, like, sinister. That's how he's always characterized. But I like him just being more of, like, an Albert Brooks character. Right. Is what he would say? Yeah, I guess so. Fair enough. (laughs) I was just trying to find my place here. Uh, Yeah. uh, People are cleaning and cooking and whatnot. Uh, and it's lunchtime, and we're told that impotent rage was overflowing. Which, which is not how impotence works. <laughs> well, right. <laughs> it's true. I don't know that much about it. It also didn't appear to be the case. Like, it just shows yeah, a bunch of people just kind of eating. They were all eating. just doing their jobs. They were eating. It looked like they were putting cocaine on bread. It did. Uh, I don't know what that was. Like, right. was it like powdered butter? Is that a thing? <laughs> it could be. Yeah, I don't know what it was either, but if it was cocaine, that could explain the mutiny. Yeah. Like, if you don't want your soldiers to rebel, like, maybe don't give them cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. If only Rasputin had had me around. Cocaine makes a sailor strong. (laughs) 
lesser known <laughs> is Tomovich Nikolai <laughs> Schneider Kin. Kin. <laughs> uh, some officer hangs out in the room where there was food, yeah, just like so weirdly. That was, it was weird looking because they put out all this food, but it all looked like it was coming out of a serving terrain. Yeah. And I, don't, and I, I really liked the scene actually where they pulled those down from like the ceiling. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I like that so much. These are like swinging tables that are designed to kind of like move with the ship. Right, right. Um, and it was very synchronized. It was very beautiful filmmaking. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, no, it's really technically accomplished. Yeah, I mean, that's movie. what it is. Like, it's the even shots, by today's standards. Yeah, the composition of the shots, all that sort of thing. That's where you can see, oh, I see why people just see that, say this is so great. Yeah. Um, you know, the pacing of the story is weird, but all the shots themselves are like, oh, well, yeah. I actually did find it kind of helpful that they divided it into those five acts. Because yeah. I was like, oh, I don't give a shit about any of this. <laughs> and then I read about uh, Hanging Game Till It's High. Yeah. This is a great time for me to talk about <laughs> Hanging Game While It's High. Okay. okay yeah. So I read um, Margaret Powell's book Below Stairs, which right. is the inspiration for both Upstairs, Downstairs, and Downton Abbey. Yeah. And we got it for Christmas last year mm-hmm. from some cousins. Oh, also the holiday gifts from you have started to pour in. Yeah. And they're f- just delightful. We're very, very You're happy. You're wonderful people and yes. we love you. Yes. Uh, we'll be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be a little bit more like rigorous about sending thank you notes this year. <laughs> last right. year we got a bit overwhelmed. We were right. like, ah! <laughs> um, anyway, so I read that book. And she talks about preparing game because, you know, obviously all the lords are going out and shooting animals and then bringing them back for the cook to cook, which mm-hmm. is weird because they've also purchased these animals to live on their estate and die. Right. I'm not going to get in to the politics of that or talk again about the shooting party. The worst book I've ever read. <laughs> sure. Um, Isabel Colgate is the author in case anyone cares. <laughs> um, so Margaret Powell talked about at, you know, her first big country house that she worked at when they would shoot a rabbit, you had to hang it mm-hmm. until it was high which meant until it got maggots. Yeah. And that is how you develop flavor in wild game. And I honestly have yet to find a, like a satisfactory like medical <laughs> or scientific explanation of this. I mean, I fully I fully believe mm-hmm. that it's a legitimate practice mm-hmm. and that, you know, if something is gamey, you know, these are animals that are out running, jumping, climbing trees. Right. They're going to be kind of stringy and tough. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of letting them chill in a temperate room and then breed maggots in them. Right. But then it's like, what do you do with the maggots? Do you get them out of there? Do you just cook the maggots in? I can't I, think that... You, I know you really hate talking about maggots. Right. So that's... Like, a lot. You've managed to say the word maggots, like, six times. I know. Like, and I'm really sorry that you hate it so much, <laughs> but I really don't understand it. I looked up all these websites. I looked up this guy who was doing all these experiments with pheasants, and he didn't say anything about maggots. And I just... What is the deal with hanging game till it's high, guys? <laughs> I have looked on the internet. The first result that i got was this weird message board of somebody being like i took a hamburger out of the freezer and i hung it up and then i went rancid what's up with that like i thought the, the message board just kept getting worse because i was like you people none of you know what you're talking about it was just a bunch of idiots trading misinformation and then i found this guy who hunts and actually lives in california i think oh yeah 
experimenting with these pheasants. Then I found some place that like, you know, breeds and slaughters antelope and deer and like does like a mail order. Sir, I don't know. Look, I am so, I am more serious about this than anything else. If anybody out there has comprehensive knowledge of preparing game, don't talk to Tom about no. it. He doesn't want to hear it. No. I am just so curious and angry. Right, clearly. Like, there should be a book about this, right? I, because, oh, and my point is this, actually, like, the second result was about that pass-out game <laughs> everybody was writing about in 2005. Why does the internet even have things from 2005? We've all moved on. Pass-out game. I'm sorry, Kelly. Look. <laughs> I feel we can finally go back to talking about the battleship of Temkin. <laughs> yeah, if you've got that, got that resolved, great. I really want to know about that stuff. Though. I know you do. Also, back on the battleship of Temkin, <laughs> uh, the captain finds out that the sailors refused to eat the borscht, mm-hmm. and he's like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "Dude, you didn't cook it yourself. Like, you know, you don't yeah, have to worry." Calm down. Yeah, like let the cook feel bad about it. Um, some things happened. Yeah, Dishes well, somebody was, washed. like, poking around in the mess hall. Yeah. And I was like, uh, this guy is like, I don't know why they call this a mess hall. It's very clean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're washing dishes, and one of the dishes says on it, give us this day our daily bread. And he, like, is, like, really mad, and he goes and he breaks that yeah, dish. Yeah, which is funny to me, because that kind of plate figures in very heavily into the last little house on the prairie book the first four years ah. one of the most depressing literary experiences of a young child's life okay fyi <laughs> thank you part two <gasps> drama on the deck yeah they're doing richard the <laughs> third <laughs> yeah they're all gonna fight over who gets to be what mm. somebody's uh, gonna start crying right and you know everybody's gonna want to be the queen uh queen margaret and yeah. they're gonna be like listen dude like you like you can't yeah. Like, I know you played her when we did uh, Henry IV, but you can't do this now. Right. You know, you can be Lady Macbeth when we get to that. <laughs> uh, and at the end, there's a socialist utopia. It all worked out. Yeah. So the men, <laughs> men are called on deck, and uh, Commander Golikov arrives. Uh, so he seems like not a good person. He says, he asks, whoever is satisfied with the borscht, please step forward. Which is just... I can't. I don't know how you end up at that point as a naval Has officer. Has anyone ever been satisfied with the borscht? <laughs> Cousins, are you satisfied with the borscht? <laughs> have you been satisfied with the borscht? If so, we want to have your borscht recipe. <laughs> uh, but in any case, it's pretty much just the uh, like the petty officers and people like that stepping forward. A bunch of dicks. Yeah, and uh, but then the commander Golikov says that he will hang anybody that is not satisfied with the borscht. And he says he'll hang them from the, the yard. yard, which I didn't know what that was, but right. Tom has extensive maritime knowledge. I do. Uh, and so he was explaining. I was like, there's not enough room up there. That's not a proper gibbet. Gibbet? Gibbet. I don't know which. This yeah. really is the pronunciation Apparently show. Apparently so. Like, this is insane. Yeah. Uh, but there's not enough room to hang all those guys. Yeah. Like, come on. I understand that you're mad. Well. And you want them to eat their borscht. <laughs> but this is not the way to go. You got to be prepared. Right. Like, just throw the borscht over the side and we'll all move on. Like, what's... I mean, they're still going to have that shitty meat. Well, you know? true. Look, I, I really don't think this is a problem that can be solved by throwing the borscht overboard. <laughs> you never want to throw the borscht overboard. Well, we might need it. <laughs> How will we know we are satisfied with it if it is not around? That's true. 
So yeah, he calls up the guards. Uh, meanwhile, Matrushka, what what are we going with? Uh, Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. <laughs> All right. Uh, he also perhaps... It was the first name that started with M that I could think of <laughs> that was long. Okay. Uh, he uh, also perhaps has spotted the inadequacy of the yards for hanging everybody, and he's telling everybody to go to the turret to, like, you know, rebel or whatever. Uh, some of them try to sneak into the admiral's hatch. Which is a dumb choice, because right. the admiral's hatch is, like, in front of everybody yeah. right now. And they're all standing on the fully open deck looking around at each other to find right. out what's going to happen with this borscht. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, guys, there was probably a time to sneak down there. And it was probably before the admiral called this meeting where he wants right. to kill everyone. Looks around at it because it's not the admiral. The admiral's not on board, oh. you know? Like, the admiral's off with the But isn't that where the commander came out from? I think it is. Probably just everybody. It's like, you know, it's like the United, like, <laughs> you know, preferred customer's lounge. Right. That's <laughs> that's what it is. Um, but yeah, so the commander stops them and has canvas thrown over them. Because uh, that's, I guess, what he would do in that situation. Then a crazy old beardy guy comes up. Oh, my God. Just out of nowhere. I'm like, I'm Jesus. <laughs> I think I might be lost. <laughs> right. Which is funny because he looks much more like God the Father than Jesus. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. But still, <laughs> he's carrying – it's clearly the Russian Orthodox priest right. that every battleship has on board. Which uh, they may well have. you know. I just always think of military chaplains being way more chill than this <laughs> Right. This guy you know? was not – this guy did not seem to be, you know, in uniform. Like, I watched MASH or whatever. <laughs> they had a chaplain, right? I assume. It's been a while since I watched MASH. Yeah, I uh Well, agree. I know what we're doing later. <laughs> Have fun. Get out your dress, Klinger. <laughs> we'll get to that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the men with the canvas over are about to get shot. But I guess they put the canvas over them so that the people shooting them wouldn't have to look at their sad faces. Right. Or, you know, you usually blindfold somebody. Yeah, but and one this of them is, is doing a great job because he's, like, getting on his knees. And, like, right. I, everybody feels very unsettled. <laughs> so, like, man, this is way more exciting than the nights when we just eat the borscht. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, but, fortunately, Michael Fassbender... We could go with a Matthew, his Matt, Matt something. I have spoken. <laughs> Continue talking about the fast bender. <laughs> it's like, brothers, who are you shooting? Don't do that. And they're like, okay. Uh, so, and then everybody just sets to mutinying, uh, all the ding dong day. Uh, fast bender says to smash the dragons, <gasps> which is generally good advice if, you know, easier said than done. Yeah, it's really hard to smash a dragon. Right. I mean, unless you're talking about opium. <laughs> but, uh, anyway. Which I don't think they are. No. Sadly enough. Uh, you mean dragoons? <laughs> I mean, it's is said, that an Outlander thing? I feel like they have dragoons in Outlander. Dragoons? Well, dragoons. I don't think you'd have them on a ship because they're related to cavalry. Mm. Yeah. What do they do? Well, dragoons are basically they're light cavalry, except they fight dismounted. Um, so it's like they have horses to like move fast. But then they're bitches. I don't know, man. Actually, they're not. Like that's a lot harder hand to hand combat. Yeah. Being on a horse is a real cheat. Just because you have a horse. Like, horses will murder you. That's true. Like, that is what they are for. Yeah. That's why, even though we drive cars, we still describe engines in terms of horsepower. Right. Like, that's how powerful a horse is, guys. It's very powerful, yeah. Yeah. Look, I've been really into horses lately. Okay. Especially Misty of Chincoteague. <laughs> 
Beardy the priest tells Fassbender to have fear of God. It's the Reverend Beardy McGuy. It is, yeah. Uh, to which Fassbender responds, beat it, sorcerer. <laughs> Best line to a priest ever. <laughs> no, and I just like, I'm like, my, I have two questions. One, <laughs> is he calling him a sorcerer because he disrespects his religion? I mean, clearly. Right. Like, also, does he really think that he has magical powers? <laughs> because if so, maybe he should be, like, swayed to join the revolution. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, we see an officer jumping on a piano and shooting at people. Yeah, it was really weird. I it was like, was. who's this Ponce? Yeah. Who let him in the Navy? <sighs> well, I don't know, but I know who's letting him out. I really liked that, actually, a lot because... He acted with such complete disregard for his own possessions. Oh, yeah. Because he, like, stepped on a candelabra and, like, all the candles broke. And I was like, bitch, somebody got to clean that up. Yeah. Why? Well, and the piano got all messy. Yeah. It yeah. was, ooh, it was, yeah, it was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, throw the doctor overboard. Mm-hmm. And as they're dragging him upside down up the stairs, he sees the priest, who seems to, like, be playing dead. Yeah. He is not being very helpful to his fellow tyrants. Right. And then we never see the priest again, so it's, like, not clear how that... Yeah. Did playing dead work for him? Did he, mm. like, ride the whole thing out? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, did he just start dressing like a like a soldier? <laughs> Shave his beard, for God's sake. Yeah. And then this little kid was like, Good evening, dear policeman. You're a priest. You're a guy. <laughs> Listen, that was going to be a really dope joke about Les Mis. Was it? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god, Tom. It's like you don't even understand me and my love of musical theater. Sometimes it's like that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fine. You're great. Um, <laughs> and hey, they win, it says. Yeah, except, except they kind of didn't because Val Kilmer is like swinging around playing Batman. <laughs> right. With the commander? I think it was the commander, but it was some officer. And he gets shot and, like, doesn't seem as affected as right. maybe. He gets shot in the back of the head and, and just kind of turns around and is like, hey. And then he <laughs> falls down and gets tangled up in the rigging. And mm-hmm. then everybody's like, oh, hey, we won, but also our leader's, like, hanging out overboard. Right. So they go swim out and they get him and he's dead. Right. That part he was good at. Like, <laughs> the part where he wasn't dead. I was like, what? I don't even, what happened to the commander? Did he get killed? Uh... It you gotta think sh- that he would. Yeah, you have to think he was, but it didn't show it, I don't think. No. So, uh, priest and commander, potentially still at large. <laughs> right. So look out. That sounds like a fun buddy comedy. <laughs> uh, so they go to the shore and they leave Val Kilmer's body in Odessa with a note on it that's like for a little bit of borscht or something like a that. A spoonful of borscht. Right. Which, to me, rather cryptic, if you don't know the backstory. Well, it says, actually, according to Wikipedia, it says, uh, it says dead over a spoonful of soup Mm -hmm. is the translation that they were using. Fair enough. So, I mean, they explain that he was killed. Well, and they're also there. Like, they don't just leave the body there. Like, they're hanging out with the body, Mm. and, like, they have his hat out, and, like, the Odessa people are, like, bringing money and, like, weeping and wailing and crying and gnashing their teeth and stuff. Yes, as we are now in part three... The dead man calls out. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's all this is happening. Uh, Can't believe all this is happening while Lauren's in <laughs> town. Uh, and the crowd's growing, and the news hits the city, and people are walking, and as you say, putting coins in his cup, cap, not his cup. Uh, it was his cap. 
Okay. Yes. I just have bad handwriting. Um, <laughs> and I just imagine all the other buskers down on the pier being like, I'm alive. I haven't made this much money in years. Yeah, that's true. Hard knock life. Well, I should learn more songs than Under the Bridge and, uh, <laughs> you know, Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel sorry for buskers. I'm Sometimes sorry. I feel like I'm not a good busker. Yeah, but there's some huge crowd shots, like thousands of people. Uh, some woman giving a speech about the ship, the Prince Tavareshki. Right, so... Which we looked at the life preservers on board, and they say Potemkin in Cyrillic. Right. And the movie's so called The Battleship Potemkin. we're thinking the Prince... Uh, Fonzanelli? Yeah, that was the guy. Okay. Uh, Fonzarelli, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, that pronunciation right so we're thinking it's that russian thing where everyone has like 16 names yeah and like so that ship is named after that guy but mostly it's called potemkin because that was his like cute name that everybody had (laughs) right you know this was like his official like state name yeah also most of these russian extras are like so ugly (laughs) you guys People were ugabug. That's true. In 1925. As it turns out. Yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like, the young guy who got beaten up by the officer earlier on, he was like the Russian Channing Tatum. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's some attractive people, but like, particularly in the Odessa sequences, everybody has this very grotesque look to them. It's yeah. very weird. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, they're all locals. I mean, it says at the end, you know, it's res- citizens of Odessa and members of the ship union there. Right, of Sebastopol, yeah. which is a place in California as well. That's true, it is. I was like, my friend Caitlin's from there. <laughs> uh, old ladies weep, people are singing, everybody's getting all riled up. Uh, one guy says, smash the Jews, and there's like a record scratch. Everybody's <laughs> like, what? And they all get really mad at him. Yeah, and we were like, why? is that going on right we thought this was about something else and it's never brought up again well but yeah i mean that's one of the propaganda moments so it's like listen i know you think we're anti-semitic because we keep rounding up all the jews and shooting them but (laughs) (laughs) see in this movie everybody was like no don't smash the jews um in this fictional movie (laughs) right that's kind of based on (laughs) reality but it's not yeah uh, but anyway, everybody gathers on board the ship, and they raise the red flag, which is actually red in this black and white movie. Yeah, it's it's, uh, uh, it's an interesting touch. Yeah, yeah. Spielberg totally stole that he cer- for Schindler's List. He certainly did. What a chump. Yep. Yep. That movie was all right. <laughs> I, mean, I suppose it was, yeah. I always just get so mad at Spielberg. I know. I don't know why. I think it's just because he's successful. I think that's probably a big that, factor. And he really fucked up AI. Well, yeah. Like, if Stanley Kubrick had made AI, mm-hmm. that would have been a dope movie. Yeah. But, like, he had to put Robin Williams in there. He had to have a Disney ending. It was ridiculous. Sorry, yeah. Gigolo Joe, what a great idea. I know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Part four, The Odessa Staircase. <gasps> Yeah. So we'd seen this before. We had seen this it part before. It was on before. like AMC or something? Something like that, yeah. Um, AMC, by the way, if you guys all still have cable, is a great <laughs> resource for watching weird old shit. Yeah. Like just rant. You know, just put it on. Put it on right now. Stop yeah. listening to this podcast. <laughs> don't stop listening to this podcast. Yeah, please don't. We're having this like... You're all we have. Yeah, we're having this new audience <laughs> drive. It's going to be great. Right. Um, but so we... That was kind of really the reason that we did this. I mean, mm-hmm. we wanted to do something kind of of the period. Right. 
and uh and non-english yeah and all that sort right of thing. i was yeah. like we had a bunch of reasons at the time yeah when we chose this yeah so everybody's loving the revolution mm-hmm. and there's soups into it yeah really they were won over very easily <laughs> they were they're like, like yeah usually it's much harder <laughs> to get people to sign on for a violent revolution yeah but in this case they were all in uh they give the sailors all food and like you know poultry and uh livestock and all that sort of thing yeah there's a pig yeah a very cute pig right which i'm sure was made into bacon very quickly yeah or borscht yes <laughs> bacon borscht that's right Somebody out there is winning a Top Chef challenge with that. <laughs> it's Top Chef, not Top Borscht. <laughs> uh, but yeah, everybody's into it. Rich people, legless people, confused children. Yeah. They're all stoked. They're all And they're all standing on this staircase, like, waving at the ship. And they're right. like, bye, guys. <laughs> like, thanks for inspiring us with your revolutionary fervor <laughs> and for some reason taking the weapons we would need to defend ourselves farther away from us. <laughs> yeah, and all our food. So have fun with that. Yeah, we're excited to be starving and defenseless. <laughs> that is an important part of every revolution. <laughs> right. We're excited to do our bit. Yeah. Uh, but gunshots ring out. Mm-hmm. Look out, everybody. Um, like balaclavas. Yeah. Uh, so everybody's running down this big old staircase. The famous Odessa staircase. Yes. As it's mentioned. a pretty great staircase. It is, like, this, yeah. I mean, may, I mean, we were strongly affected right. by it when we saw it originally. Yeah, I mean, I we had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. But we were like, they just keep running. Yeah. It's just these people pouring down this staircase. Right. And the, the guards marching down from the top, mm-hmm. you know, shooting at them. And it's like, you know. Well, and they're basically like the inspiration for like your stormtroopers. Right. Because we whatever, never see because their faces. Because we never see their faces. Yeah. And they're all dressed exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And they don't appear to be reacting to anything around them. It's right. really, it's chilling. Mm-hmm. It's really creepy. It is. So, um, you know, we see a boy getting shot. <laughs> this is where his mom looks startlingly like uh, Corporal Klinger. Yes, she from really Mash. does. <laughs> <laughs> well, because like, okay. This is one thing, I mean, it's the limitations of editing, but it's like, it's just the mom and the kid. Right. And like, he gets shot and falls, and she doesn't even like, notice. Mm-hmm. Where I'm kind of like, you seem like a bad mom. <laughs> right. If my son was standing right next to me and got shot, I'd take maybe two more steps before I'd like, uh, my Wait son is minute. no longer coming with me in this <laughs> right. fleeing mob. Right. So when it's just the two of them in the frame. Yeah. Or like anytime they have to like get a close up, like the crowd is not pouring over them. But yeah. then like in the wide shot, you're like, well, wait, where's that kid? <laughs> yeah. Like, but he's uh, if the shot didn't kill him, he's most certainly being trampled to death. Yes, he is. Yeah. No, a lot of the a lot of the geography of it is kind of like hard to follow. Yeah. But you know, it's 1925. Yeah. We'll give him a break. Way to go, Sergey. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, Klinger picks up her son. And walks towards the soldiers, like, yelling at them, like, hey, you know, stop shooting everybody or whatever. And they shoot her. Yeah. Uh, Cossacks ride in. They start fucking shit up. Uh, And we see a woman with a baby in a baby carriage somewhere on the stairs. And she gets shot. Uh, And as she collapses from being shot, she nudges the baby carriage over the edge of the stairs. And so it starts rolling down the stairs. Baby uh, in danger. That's right. And we this, don't like a baby in danger. <laughs> yeah. This one was stolen by uh, Brian De Palma for The Untouchables. As, mm. I mean, that one was clearly, like, so blatant as to not be, as to be an illusion rather than theft. Yeah. But, so yeah, people are watching. They're like, hey, there's that baby carriage. I hope it's all right. <laughs> uh, we see 
people getting like shot in the face. We see like a woman. I think it was like an old woman and get like shot. Yeah, and there's one lady who looks just like Emma Goldman, and like this other lady that looks just like Lena Dunham. There is like, Lena Dunham for sure. It's like what if they were friends? <laughs> um, Emma Goldman and Lena Dunham. Uh, I think that would change the uh, show Girls rather significantly. Yeah, that would be actually really fun. Mm-hmm. I think SNL kind of did that, where like Tina Fey was like this like Russian immigrant that was like living with them. But like well, Emma Goldman's like a lot cooler. Yeah, Emma Goldman's not just a Russian immigrant. <laughs> She's the Russian immigrant. <laughs> right, she is. Ah, she was so cool. She believed in free love and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was like radical. Look, we all think Emma Goldman was cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. As long as we're all in agreement that Emma <laughs> Goldman was really cool. Yes. But then the ship enters the uh, action by firing on the Odessa Theater, which is where the generals have their headquarters. Uh, and that's the end of part four. So assumably, presumably that settled the, uh, the dispute. Yeah. Once the battleship's guns started firing, it was like, well, uh, we, we've killed enough peasants for one day. <laughs> let's go, uh, have some bacon borscht. Yes. Yeah, so let's go back to our dacha and I don't know how to pronounce that either. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, it really keeps coming up. Yeah. Well, that's Russia for you. That's why they're so cranky all over the centuries. They don't know how to pronounce anything. <laughs> Damn it, Tovarish. Yeah, this is basically where I completely stop paying attention. Okay, so rendezvous with the squadron, part right. five. Um, so they're on the ship and they give speeches about they should go land and like hang out with the people or whatever, but they can't because the Admiral's squadron is coming. So they decide to face it. Night came, full of anxiety. The squadron sneaks up in the darkness. Throats are sore from constant speeches. It's like, maybe you should lay off in the speeches then. Also, it's just a sore throat. Like, you can still fire your guns, right? Anyway. Uh, I think there may be, (laughs) and you can call me crazy, I think there may be a bit lost in translation. It's possible. uh, With these title cards. Yeah. Uh, But somebody finally sees the squadron. And this is, I mean, the last two sentences I've spoken have covered a good, like, seven minutes of the film. Yeah, um, it's a lot of it's just it's a lot of well shots, what, you know, yeah. not a lot of action at this point. Not a lot of action, and so somebody sees the squadron. They all start rushing around, and there's whistles and trumpets and engines and dials and guns and whatnot. Uh, so the admiral's attacking. The squadron is near. They raise the signal flag. Join us. And there's a more tension. The enemy is within range. One against all. It says, and then shoot. Dot dot dot. Or dot 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 and then brothers it says and everybody's like waving and throwing their hats i was like you have a limited number of hats don't throw (laughs) your hats into the ocean uh but they're doing it anyway because they're so filled with comradely joy um and the ship without a shot fire sails through the squadron uh bringing you know brotherhood and equality to everybody yeah and so in 12 years right Very true. Like, uh, what so, happened to this ship afterward? <laughs> n- not stated. That's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And what I'll say about this part five, where very little in do- indeed does happen, but it is impressive because it is a pretty much consistent crescendo and accelerando. Like, the whole time through, it gets more and more. It's like builds through the whole segment. Mm-hmm. Um, and just even from a music perspective, because I believe, if I but remember I correctly... I was actually just going to say the music was great. Yeah, and I believe that it was composed by Eisenstein. I may be wrong about it that. It was, because I remember seeing uh-huh. that name. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at... I'm literally currently looking at the Wikipedia <laughs> page for the Battleship Potemkin. Cheers, mate. 
Uh, okay. Yeah, the rebellion of the crew. So, okay, initial step toward the Russian Revolution. Eisenstein actually wanted the soundtrack to be rewritten every 20 years so that he could stay, it would stay in tune with the zeitgeist and inspire the next generation. Hmm. That's what's weird though. That is what is weird about this movie is that the point was to sort of like galvanize people toward an action. There wasn't really a ton of like Soviet action in 1925. Mm -hmm. That would have mainly been like, Oh, like stay communist. Everybody, (laughs) you know, stay communist pony boy. Uh, but then, you know, like what, you know, was his, was his point that always the structures of power get as rotten as that meat and need to be overthrown every 20 <laughs> years? It's very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, the name of the ship was changed after the mutiny from Potemkin to Pantalamion. Pantalamon? That was, uh. Wasn't that that yeah, demon? Yeah. Yeah. It Compass? was. Yeah. The more you know. <laughs> wow. I was just recommending those books to people last night at our party, which was so fun. It was. Um, <laughs> As we tell all these people who live thousands of miles away. They might be in town the next time we have a party. It's possible. You're all welcome. We have a very way. small apartment. Yeah. We're going to have to start really <laughs> limiting the, get li- the guest list. No. Um, yeah, and uh, Pantaleemon, uh was in, you know, World War One or whatever, and then... Sevastopol is how it's spelled on Wikipedia, not Sebastopol. Mm-hmm. Um, she was scrapped by the Soviets in 1923. Well, so yeah, that's not actually that helpful. As it turns <laughs> out, <laughs> I, you know, it, uh, it's fine. There was this mutiny and that was pretty much it. Okay. So, oh, but it, okay. There was a Russian revolution in 1905, but I guess again, my point is 1925, very quiet time for the Soviets. Things are uh, things are chugging along. You well, know? yeah, but I mean, I think they're still just like establishing a themselves. A young man you know? of steel is getting his <laughs> getting his you know dictator on. I, I imagine so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you know they're still trying to consolidate you know their rule and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, That's true. I would imagine that, and that is my major question because since Val Kilmer was killed mm-hmm. in the uprising, who is commanding? The ship. Right. And we have to assume Michael Fassbender. Yeah, except we never see him again. Right. Basically. Or maybe we do and we didn't recognize him. Again, that's real hard issue. to tell people apart. Yeah. It's just, it's it's not made very clear. Well, and clearly that's, you know, Eisenberg's... Uh, Eisenstein. Eisenstein, yeah. Eisenberg. <laughs> Eisen... Fassbender. Borga? <laughs> Eisenborscht. <laughs> um, wait, Eisenstein? Yes. Okay. I see why I'm confused because it sounds like Einstein, right, but it's but it Eisenstein, yeah. and I am anyway. Uh, his concern was not the actors. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I really think he was much more interested in filming these right, right, big ambitious, uh, you know, action sequences. And yeah, stuff. So yeah, agreed. I don't think it was unintentional mm-hmm. that we have no idea who anybody is. <laughs> right. So that's Battleship Potemkin. That it is. Uh, yes. Short, sweet. I'm not sure it has a point, uh, but we watched it. We did. Yeah, we didn't feel bad about watching it. No, we didn't. It was totally, totally fine. Way better than the Painted Veil. Oh God, it was so much shorter. Yeah. Although I kind of feel wistful about the Painted Veil now. Do you? I think it's just because it rained a couple times in that movie, (laughs) and then it rained here this week. (laughs) Well, fair enough. I don't know. I kind of feel bad for Naomi Watts. I feel like we gave her a hard time. Wow. (laughs) You know what? 
Who cares? She's married to Liev Schreiber. Yeah. Her life is great. I wish I was married to Liev Schreiber. I know you do. I know. You you're... tell me all the time. I know I do. And look, <laughs> it's not your fault you're not him. But... Thank you. <sighs> I do blame your parents. <laughs> all right. Uh, so that's it. We will be back. Uh, I believe our next episode will be our coverage of Lawrence of Arabia. Yes. Finally, Finally. Much vaunted. Right. Much looked for. Right. Uh, we'll be doing that. Uh, with Aaron, who runs the Bald Move Network. So look for that. It's mm-hmm. going to be very exciting. And until next time, up, up yours downstairs, downstairs. luncheon out. Thank you.